Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. Where it simply says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Amen. Now, we have these power Sundays, amen, randomly throughout the year. Amen. We do that because it's something that we can advertise. We do that because it's something that we can, amen, we can invite people to, and uh, that's But if you're a part of this church, you understand that in an apostolic Pentecostal church, you are always expecting it to be Power Sunday. We always expect the power of God to move. We always expect lives can be changed. Amen. Change can be broken. Amen. Has anybody in this house ever had any change in your life broken by the power of an awesome God? Amen. We believe in that. The Apostle Paul to the church of Corinth speaks, and he wants them to understand. They need a revelation. The time and the age and the culture that so many people in Corinth and many of the cities that the apostle went to, that the, the age of, uh, of just much speaking and speeches and gathering people around and proclaiming uh, your theory or your idea or whatever it may be uh, was the age that they were living in. And so the apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he says, I need you guys to understand something. You need to remember, and please don't ever forget, that the kingdom of God is not in word. It doesn't come in word, but it it comes in power. The Bible speaks here for our understanding. It's recorded in Scripture forever. So, So you and I can read it and that we could get revelation so that we can know what this power is, that it's not a a natural power, that it's not some sort of intellectual power or an imagined power. But as we read in chapter 1 of Romans and verse 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation unto all of them, everyone that believeth. Is there anybody that believes in the gospel today, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, I believe in the gospel today, and I know uh, that you do as well. Uh, And the apostle wanted the church in Rome to understand that there is a power, but it is not man's power. It's not something that that we come up with intellectually. Uh, It's not something that we create or we imagine, uh, but it is in an act uh, that took place uh, when our God robed himself in flesh, uh, amen, and dwelt among us, uh, and when he hung on a cross, uh, and he bled and died, and when he went into the grave and he came forth having conquered death and hell and the grave, that is the power. That's the only source of the power. That's the only place you're going to find the power that you're looking for today. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. It's not Power Sunday because we say so. It's Power Sunday because God says so. 
Amen. Because God makes it possible to have power every day. That we can find the power that we need for deliverance. The power that we need for peace. We, the power that we need for direction any time that we connect uh, to Jesus Christ. It's Power Sunday because God says it is. Miracles happen through faith in this power. Divine power. One true God power. Only saving power. Oh, hallelujah. Do you believe that today? Life change will happen today in this place. Life change is going to happen because we believe in God's power. Oh, hallelujah. Because we believe in God's power. We believe in the one and only all-powerful God. We believe the name of God is Jesus And we believe that when you call upon the name of Jesus in faith, amen, that anything can happen. Somebody say anything can happen. There are theologians down through the ages that have rebuked, if you might say, certain types of Christianity about this verse specifically. For the kingdom of God is not in word but in power. The reason they have done so is that they have called out uh, so-called preachers of the gospel and they have said that they have learned to lay stress on forms of words in lieu of forms of worship. The point that they're trying to make is simply this, that it is all too easy for Christianity to fall into this trap of just sounding good and looking good, but not doing good. And not being good. Sounding powerful. Looking powerful. But not being powerful. Not acting in the power. And so there has been rebuke through the ages that we can fall in love too much with the words and not with the worship. That we can forget that the God that we're talking about is the one who has the power. And it's not our words and it's not how good we can sound or how good we can make it look or how enticing it can be to our culture. That's not what it's about. It's about pleasing Jesus Christ. It's about magnifying the King of kings and the Lord of lords in our hearts and in our minds hallelujah I think there's some people in the house today that would believe with me if we could just get this world to look to Jesus everything would turn if we could just get a few people to realize it's not us but it's Jesus it's not the church but it's Jesus it's not our power but it's his power Oh, hallelujah. This is why the Apostle Paul, a studious and educated man, said to those in Corinthians, uh, in Corinth and 1 Corinthians 2 and 1 through 5, and I, brethren, when I came to you, I didn't come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you uh, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God 
Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad the apostle Paul said that. I'm so glad that that's recorded forever in the word of God and forever settled in heaven because that allows preachers like me to say, I'm not here today to attempt to impress you, but to empower you, not with the power that I can give, but I know a God. I know a Jesus who can give you the power, who has the power to change whatever you walked in here with, uh, whatever burden you were carrying, uh, whatever issue you've been dealing with, uh, there is a God in heaven who has the power. Oh, hallelujah, there is a God in heaven. I don't know it all, but I know that Jesus can do it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I can't do a lot for you, but Jesus can. Turn to somebody and tell them Jesus can do it. Come on, say it like you believe it. Jesus can do it. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm with you sometimes in weakness. I'm with you sometimes in fear. I know what uncertainty and desperation feel like. So I know today that showing up with some sort of good speech isn't going to help me and it isn't going to help you. Hallelujah. Man's wisdom may be enticing, but it's faulty and it fails and it falls short. But our faith doesn't stand. Hallelujah. In the wisdom of men but it stands in the power of God. That's a very important revelation that we need to have. It's a very important thing that we get this understanding as we move forward today so that we don't put God into the box of our human behavior. Somebody say, don't put God in a box. The box that we often put Him in is the one of our own human behavior. If humanity is our only source of hope today, we will not be changed. Oh, hallelujah. I love you, but I need Jesus today. I'm glad you're here, but I came to encounter Jesus today. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm glad I'm not here all by myself. But if it was just me and Jesus, that would still be enough. You understand what I'm saying? We cannot put him in our box. If our only hope of is humanity, we will not be changed because we don't really believe in humanity. We don't really believe in humanity. We can see common decency and good in some people. We know mankind is capable of being moral. It's capable of being truthful. It's just that we've just all been damaged by our fellow man before. It's just that we've all been wounded and broken by people. And so we are naturally hesitant and negative and cautionary with humanity. We're not quick, nor do we easily put our faith in our fellow man. That's why I need us to see beyond us today. I need us to see beyond who we are and what we're capable of doing and what questions we can answer and what problems we can solve. We need to see past the creation to the creator. 
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We don't have power Sunday so we can come here and tell each other how great we are. We have power Sunday so we can come in here, amen, and have somewhere we can go with our issues and somewhere where we can go with our heartache and somewhere we can go with our sickness and our pain. We've come in here today because we know we've got a place in Jesus where I can go with my confusion and I can go with my fear and I can find help in Jesus us and we're going to go to him together I may not be able to help you and you may not be able to help me but we can lock arms and hold hands and approach the throne together today and believe that there's power oh hallelujah that there's power in God today amen so we have to see beyond ourselves I need you to give yourself a chance to believe in the impossible Give yourself just a chance to believe in the impossible. A father came and fell at the feet of Jesus. He said, you have to help my child. My child is bound. My child is hurting. My child is constantly finding new ways to get hurt and wounded. It's under attack. Jesus speaks to him and talks to him about how you can have anything if you believe And the father cries out and he says, I know what you can do. I believe you got to help my unbelief. It's a perfect example of humanity. It's a perfect illustration of what we battle with. There are things that we believe easily. There are other things that we struggle to believe. It's also been interesting to me over my years of ministry to see how we can believe for others things that we don't believe for ourselves. How we can can pray for others in their time of sickness, but when we're sick, we have doubts. That we can bind together with someone and pray together and even speak words of faith into their life and say, God's going to help you uh, with your, 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 your issue. God's going to give you direction. God's going to reach uh, into your mind and bring you peace. And we can speak that into other people's life until we're the one going through the despair and we're the one that seems lost in the darkness. And then all of a sudden, uh, we can't seem to find the faith. Uh, and I'm just trying to get somebody in this place today to realize uh, that all you really got to do is look to Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the author. You may have walked in here with a lot, a lot of faith today or no faith at all, but the author can begin to bring some faith out of your spirit. He can begin to bring some faith if you'll just start to say, Lord, I believe, but help thou my unbelief. I believe in you. I'm not sure about the rest, but I'm just going to try today. I'm going to try to reach a little higher today. I'm going to try to believe for a little more today. Oh, I wish everybody would clap their hands and shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that the God of the impossible is in this place and that he loves you desperately. And he loves us desperately. In Matthew 19, Jesus spoke and he said, With men this is impossible, but with God, all things 
are possible. Somebody say all things. Somebody shout all things. With God, all things are possible. All things. So whatever category you created in your brain today that is somehow a list of things that God cannot do, uh, you might as well just change the heading on that category and put it under all things because God can do uh, all things. Whatever you think you're the only one battling with, you're the only one struggling with, nobody knows what you're going through, nobody's ever dealt with it like you have, let me tell you something, they have and God has come through before. He's the same yesterday today and forever which means if he's done it for one he can do it for all he can do all things he can do all all things all things whatever you think is impossible he's ready to do hallelujah as I was preparing this today I was just thinking about in all things God, and then something very specific came to my mind. So I feel to make one specific reference today, and then we'll finish out with the all things again. Jesus said in Luke 17, in verse 1, Then said he unto his disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. This word offenses has a very wide meaning. It means a trap stick or what we might call a snare that is designed and positioned to trap you. It also means a temptation that has been set to catch you, to manipulate and to trick you into sin. It also means an activity of others. These are all the biblical meanings, by the way. This isn't just our definition. It also means an activity of others specifically to wound you. The God of all says that it is impossible to live without offenses. And people are going to hurt you. And lets you down, and I know I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. People are going to hurt you and let you down, and some will do it on purpose, and others will simply do it in the course of life and small human behavior. But why does the God who says nothing shall be impossible say that we will all be offended? I believe is that he so that he can speak to this human reality. You see, this is a human reality. It's not a God reality. It's a human reality. And I believe it's so that he can speak to this human reality, and so he continues in verse 1, and he says, but woe unto him through whom they come. He says, woe unto them who are the ones who caused the offense, the ones who set the trap the ones who wound their fellow man. He goes on in verse 2, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he be cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Jesus is making a declaration that offenders are living in a dangerous position. 
That people who set traps and entice others to sin and manipulate and wound purposefully or wound their fellow man are living in a dangerous position and that they're on a road to destruction. And we need to see the imagery because Jesus is the one who gives it to us. The imagery of the millstone hanging around their neck. Some millstones weighing hundreds, even thousands of pounds. And the person tied to the millstone and then cast into the sea, drowned and gone from sight forever. This is not, pay attention closely, this is not what did happen. This is what Jesus said would be the better outcome for them. It wasn't how they behaved. It wasn't how they punished offenders. He said, this would be a better outcome for you if you're one of these type of people. This reminds us of another verse that we need to trust and obey in. In Romans 12, when the apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome and he says, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place, but rather give place under wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith who? Saith the Lord. Someone needs to hear this, and I believe God spoke to me this week specifically about this one point in the middle of this all things type of message. Someone needs to hear this and believe it so that you can move on today, so that you can get past it and receive what God has for you today. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Don't fall into the trap of seeking evil for evil. Live peaceably, he says, the very best that you can with those that are around you. You see, you can get trapped into a life of vengeance. You can get trapped into a life of seeking to repay. You can become over, you can get overcome with anger and have bitterness take root in your spirit. Uh, But God has miracle deliverance for somebody today. Uh, He's got miracle deliverance from a life uh, that is seeking vengeance. Uh, But that's just phase one for somebody in this place today. Uh, He's going to deliver you from that. Uh, And then he's going to open the windows of heaven. uh, And he's going to pour out much more than you ever thought was possible into your life today. Uh, He's going to come in with encouragement. He's going to come in with blessing. Uh, He's going to come in with help. He's going to come in with healing. A lot of things that you never had access to before because you've been locked away trying to find a way to get back at somebody, hoping for their downfall. But hear me say it again. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Why don't you go ahead and let God take care of that? And why don't you lift your hands toward heaven and say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about that anymore, but I'm going to seek you first, and I'm to see what you have for me today. Oh, hallelujah. God has miracle deliverance for us today. But you got to put some stuff in his hands. You got to trust his word. 
The only way we can do this is through his next words in Luke 17, 3-5. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Well, if you're going to ask that of us, then you're going to have to increase our faith. Yeah. Can I tell you, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you asking God to increase your faith today. There's absolutely nothing out of the ordinary in our human condition for us to feel like that what is being asked of us is more than we're capable of doing. That's normal. The problem is, is that we oftentimes just stay there and get stuck there. What we should be doing is say, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith. You're asking me to do this. You're wanting me to calling me to this higher level of living. You're asking me to involve myself in ministry. You want me to step into a new way, a new person, to become who you created me to be, the value and the purpose that you've destined for me. But it's big and it's scary and I'm fearful and I don't know if I can do it. Amen. The right thing is not to get stuck and pointing out all the reasons why we can't do it. The right thing is to look to Jesus and say, well, if that's what you're asking of me, then you're going to need to increase my faith today. I need more faith than I got. I've got some unbelief. I don't know for sure if I can do it, but I know that Lord God, if you give me the power to do it, I can do anything. I know if you give me the ability to do it, I can do anything. I know if you'll give me the wisdom, I can do anything. So increase my faith today, Lord, so that I might see what you have for me. He states it even more clearly in Mark 11, and I'm coming to a close in Mark 11 he says for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass they're going to come to pass not that you're going to do it this is the problem we have mountains in our lives that we're trying to pick up and throw into the sea this is the issue. We've got mountains in our lives that we're over there trying to. And throw them into the sea. And he says, just believe it shall be cast into the sea. And it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. He shall have whatever he saith. Not doeth what I speak, not what I do. You got to quit trying to solve your own issue and fix your own problem. All that does is serve to make you feel worse when you fail. Let me help somebody today. The devil loves it when you try to fix yourself. He loves it. You know why? Because he knows you can't do it. And he knows you're going to try real hard and wear yourself out and you're going to fail. And then he's going to come in and say, failed again, huh? Messed up again, did you? Yeah, look at you. Never good enough. It doesn't say that what I do, it says what I speak. 
It's not about my power. It's about my faith. It's about the ability to speak in faith to the mountain and say, be thou cast into the sea. And what you don't see is the hand of God come down with his little finger and flick the mountain into the sea. What we don't understand is that it's not hard for God. It's just hard for us. The reason why we think it's hard for God is because we've been trying to do it on our own and it's hard for us. But old brother, sister, we ain't God. But we have a God who is able and also willing to do it to Today, to speak, you can speak to your mountain. But Jesus doesn't pause there. He says, therefore, I say unto you, whatever things you soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, what's that next word? Forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. He gives us the directions to the miraculous. He says, speak to the mountains in your life without doubt, by faith, desire, he says, pray, believe, and you shall receive. But the directions include a very specific doorway that we must go through when you pray forgive anyone, everyone, of anything and everything so that God can forgive you. Our sin is always God's priority. I need you to hear me today. Sickness is not always God's priority. Sin is always God's priority. Our confusion, our lack of direction, our help with relationships, these are not always God's priority. Sin is always God's priority. The greatest miracles that will happen here today are true repentance and forgiveness. Some of the greatest miracles that will happen in this place today is when we lay down the vengeance is mine and we forgive people and then we ask God to forgive us. The removal of that which has us bound and brings such pain into our lives. It is our sins, not those that have sinned against us, that keep us bound. Does anybody believe that today? It's my sins that keep me bound. It's not that sins of those have sinned against me or hurt me or wounded me. That's not what's keeping me bound. It's what I'm holding on to. It's what I refuse to forgive, and therefore I cannot be forgiven. That is what keeps us bound. But Jesus is ready to forgive. Jesus is ready to respond to our faith and cast mountains into the sea. As long as we can realize that vengeance is what's keeping us tied up.
And unforgiveness is what's keeping us bound. With that said, I will return to our earlier revelation. Jesus said, if thou can believe, Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to him that believeth. Somebody say all things. All things are possible. All things are possible. You see, you're in an apostolic Pentecostal church today. We believe very strongly in the power of a very present God. He is our ever-present help in time of trouble. The reason why we leave this room up here in the front is because this is our altar area. This is where we come to respond because we have learned that it's not enough just to hear words because the power is not in the words but it's in God and so the most important part of every service is our response to what we have heard the most important part is for us to respond to what God has just spoken and what we've been feeling as it's been spoken. Because the beautiful thing about the foolishness of preaching is that He uses preaching to speak to us. But if you will know if you've ever been around much preaching that Sometimes it's the words coming out of the preacher's mouth that are speaking directly to your situation and other times there's other words as God is also speaking. He's in all things God. But we need to respond today. We need to speak our faith. We need to speak it. We need to say it. Don't just have it. Don't just think it, but speak it. Speak to the mountain, and it shall be cast into the sea. Stand with me if you would, please, today. All things. All things. He's in all things, God. And so sometimes we'll make specific calls and we'll say, if you need healing today, we want you to come up first. And then if you need deliverance today, we want you to come up and and we'll we'll mention specific things. Sometimes we do it that way. Sometimes, well, we just try to flow with whatever God wants to do. Today, I'm just going to make a general call and invite in just a moment everybody in this place to step out of where you're sitting and come forward as an act of faith. That's why we do it. It's an act of faith. It's a declaration. It's a response. I don't want you to just hear words today. I want you to feel the power of God. I don't want you to just walk out of here and say, well, uh, the preacher had some good words today. I want you to walk out of here saying, I encounter Jesus today. My life has been changed by the power of an almighty God today. I felt something I never felt today. I experienced something I never experienced before. I was encouraged. I was empowered. I was healed. I was delivered by the power of God. 
lift your hands and begin to talk to the Lord right where you are. I need everybody in the house praying now. Lift your voice and begin to pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to pray for just a second. Just talk to the Lord. Just let your faith begin. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.